Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Hey, thanks for tuning in to PTN Talk Radio. I'm your host, Ren Bear. We've got the uh, host of Mike, Mike Bear here as well, too, and Brother Ricky and Sister Rachel is here with us as well, too. If you are just now tuning in or you want, wanted to find out how you do, all you got to do is call 724-444-7444 and put in the call ID 122777, and you'll be able to connect and listen in, or you can come and visit us over here at TalkShoe dot com slash tc slash twelve two seven 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 and you'll be able to listen to us that way as well too. Hey there, uh, brother Ricky. Well, hello, and uh, I'm just so happy to be here today. And um, and yeah, I would like to encourage everybody to to please call in and and uh, be a be a part. And if you're if you happen to be on our our site at Post Trib. Network dot org and um if you if you happen to be on the site, um um I see that we have twenty five users online right now. And if you happen to be on the site and you're hearing this, uh feel free to call in the number and, and uh be a part of our program today. Back to y'all. Yes, exactly, because you can always listen live. Uh, actually you can listen live right there uh on our site as well too at posttribnetwork.org. dot org. You can just click on the on the button there, green button will light up when, we're, when we are live, and you can click there and you can listen straight from there as well, too. You can unmute it and listen straight from our side as well, too. So there's many places that you can listen, you know, whether you're on the phone or whether, you know, you want to come on the Internet and do it or however you like to do it, you're welcome to. We've got an interesting topic here. Uh, we're going to be talking about drunkards uh, cannot enter the kingdom of God. They shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And, you know, many people, especially, I mean, I've had... Christians, you know, sit there, and even preachers sit there tell me, oh, it's okay if you drink, it's okay as you drink, and we're hoping that there are many forms of drunkenness, and we're hoping to be able to bring this out to let people understand that, you know, he don't want you filled with, with the old wine, he wants you to be filled with the new wine, and that new wine is his spirit, and that's why he, he warns us about these things, and we're hoping to be able to bring some of this out so you can understand now I want I want to share a little bit uh, I want to share a little bit of my testimony. I was an alcoholic. Um, I had family members who were giving me alcohol. By the time I was about thirteen, uh, I remember one family member uh, actually uh, giving me alcohol. Um, I didn't know it was wine coolers. I didn't know that you know I'd never been drunk before. I had no idea. I was approximately about thirteen years old, probably when this happened. And next thing I know, I found myself being stripped and put in a bathtub full of uh, uh, cold ice water and everything to try to fill me up, and then I was dressed and dropped off on the on the side of the road. Um, that was my first drunk drunk experience, and I was scared to death. I didn't know what had happened to me. I didn't know, you know, what was going on. Um, I don't know how many of them that I drank. Uh, it was wine coolers. I, I was a kid, you know, stupid kid at that time, and I thought that, you know, that um, it was cool. Everybody else was doing it. I stood it too, and they kept shoving, you know, wine coolers at me, and I kept drinking them. They were much older. One of them was a relative who was a little bit older than me, and the others were much older than me. And, you know, this is how it ended up. But but it really reminds me of the Scripture. And, and you know, I became an alcoholic, and, and statistics shows us that women do actually become alcoholics quicker than men do. And, you know, 
So, you know, when it talks about this in the, in, in the Bible, I didn't get sober until I was 26 years old, 26, 27 years old when I finally gave up drink. And, uh, you know, this is what really got me. Uh, alcohol led me on the road of uh, destruction. Um, it would cause me to uh, end up in places. I remember waking up places and not remembering where I was at. I woke up in other states before. I woke up under bridges before. I woke up on the side of the road before. Um, I used to drink with the winos. I was a really bad alcoholic uh, as a teenager, and uh, I was homeless. And I drank. I drank a lot. I mean, I drank moonshine. I drank, you know, I just wouldn't would you know that I was a really bad alcoholic one time. And, um, you know, but it, it's the, it's where it leads you, you know. You think it's fun while you're doing it, but then, you know, the next day you have the shame, you have the guilt, you know, you have all these things that come along with it. And And this is why I want to bring up here, What's in Scripture? I'm going to jump down here to Proverbs 23 because this sounds so much like what I remember, and that's why I would bring this up. So understand, you know, we're not speaking here from just talking. We're speaking from experience as well, too. So, you know, I'm glad that God opened my eyes and realized that I don't want to be a drunkard or a drug addict. You know, to me, it's it's not too much different. You know, it's anything that distorts the mind that blocks, to me, what I see happening is alcohol and, and drugs and things like that, it, it, it puts our mind in bondage to keep us from knowing God, keep us from serving God, keep us from living to what God wants us to be. And that's why I want to bring this out very clearly of what it's talking about. You know, a lot of people deal with depression. Uh, a lot of people come from war. You know, they start having a drinking problem, trying to cover up um, I drank to cover up what happened to me as a child. I'm, I'm a survivor of incest and, and rape and, and sexual abuse and, and severe child abuse from my childhood. And, uh, you know, and that ain't an excuse, but sometimes we can't handle feelings that we're having or things that we're going through. We turn to alcohol. We turn to drugs. But what alcohol and drugs don't seem to tell you is that you think you're in control, and the next thing you know, they're the ones actually in control of you, and you can't quit when you want to. I was one of these that say, oh, I'm quitting because I want to, and I found out I couldn't. I needed Jesus. Jesus is the one that delivered me. But in Proverbs 23, 29, 35, it's so familiar to me. It says, who hath woe, who hath sorrow, who hath contention, who hath babbling, who hath wounds without cause, who hath redness of eyes, that they carry long at the wine, that they go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it is given with color in a cup. When it moves itself right, at the last it biteth like a serpent. It stingeth like an adder. It's warning us here. It's going to bite you in the end. It's going to it's going to sting you. It's going to entrap you. Thy eyes shall behold strange women, strange men. Some it's women and men, and and it says, and thy heart shall other perverse things cause me to. I mean, I cuss so bad, just filthy, filthy things come out of my mouth when I was drinking. Yea. Those, uh, yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea. I don't know how many times I lay in my bed and it swam. Felt like I was on an ocean. My bed would move around. I mean, literally to the point where I had to get up and go get sick. It was so bad. I remember it very well. They have stricken me, shalt thou say. I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt not. When shall, when shall I awake? I will seek it again. That's the entrapment that alcohol does. 
I don't know how many times I would come home beaten. I mean, literally beaten. I'd get in a bar fight and everything else, uh, end up in jail, got to fight with police, things like that that I've done, you know. And, and yet I kept seeking it again. I kept, that's the entrapment. That's that where it's going to bite you like a serpent. That's where it's going to sting you like that. First time you just say, hey, this makes me feel pretty good, you know. It keeps me calm. And next thing you know, it bites you. It, it turns on you. Kind of like that old saying of, of uh, I don't know if you, uh, you know, heard about the old saying of, um, oh, I'm trying to remember it here, where that one animal's wanting to cross the, the uh, wants, wants to get across the uh, river, and he decides to take off or from an alligator getting on its back. And as they're going across, and all, he says, yo, if I get on you, you know, you're going to eat me. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to eat you, you know. And, then, you know, finally he trusts him, gets on the back of the alligator, you know, on the head and sits on there. Now he's trying to the alligator eats him, tries eating him, you know. What you, and then what does the alligator say is, well, you knew I was an alligator when, 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 you know, whenever you got on my back or you heard one of my snakes, same thing. That's what we're talking about here is it doesn't tell you the dangers. It doesn't tell you, you know what? It may seem like fun. Young kids, boy, young kids, you know, getting drunk. Oh, well, that, that was fun. But they don't show you the end results of the addiction, of, of being laying in alleys and under bridges and being found dead or alcohol poisoning that kills so many. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't show the dangers of those things. You know, I did things that I'm not proud of. That, uh, there's things that, that I'm sure that I've done that I can't even remember because I go into what they call blackout. I no longer was in control. It had control of me. That's what it's talking about here, where it's going to sting like an adder, where it's going to bite you like a serpent. It's going to turn on you. You can't trust it. And so too many people are drinking alcohol and thinking, oh, this is fun. This, this is, you know, they're going out partying. Yet they're calling themselves Christians and they're running out partying because they're believing a lot. Oh, it's okay if I drink because it's once saved, always saved. Well, if it's once saved, always saved, then you've got to ask yourself, how can your name be blotted out? If it's once saved, always saved. Why does Scripture talk about you can blot your name out? See, that's not true. A lot of deception here. You cannot be saved and turn around and go do anything that you want. That's not salvation. That's not what the Scripture teaches us. And we have to understand. And we are being warned. Joe warns us, awake, you drunkards, and weep and howl, all you drinkers of wine, because of the new wine that's cut off from your mouth. See, as long as you stay on that old wine, I'm talking about, you know, that that. As long as you stay on that, it keeps you from getting that new one, which is the Holy Spirit. It keeps you from knowing God. It keeps you from understanding. It keeps you from being filled with his spirit. And so that's why it's warning us about, see, I couldn't understand it because I would be like, well, I remember, you know, saying a, a prayer when I was a kid, you know, but I never could laugh and I don't understand what's keeping me from knowing him. My mind was clouded. My mind was clouded with, with, um, with alcoholism. See, there's more than one time type of drunkenness. It can be uh, uh, lust of your flesh. It could be greed. It could be money. It could be where's your heart at? You know what's keeping you from from see it's like it's like um, alcoholism or, or anything like we're talking about here. It's like it's like it can block. You can't see anything. Put your hand in front of your face. Put your hand in front of your face. What do you see? Well, you can only see your hand. You can't see around it, you know, or anything because it's blocking you. And whatever this may be that you have talking about, whether it's alcoholism, drugs, uh, uh, even sex, lust of the flesh, fornication, false doctrine even, if that's what your mind is on, if that's what you're constantly fixed on, it blocks you. You can't see it. 
And, and that's what Satan's doing. He's trying to block us from knowing the truth. He's trying to block us from from being able to hear the word. It tells us that it, that faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. It keeps you, you know, it, it, it's like um, everything that I thought, I had it backwards. It was, it was wrong. My, you know, I realized my thoughts were not his thoughts, and my ways were not his ways. I'm like, well, what's stopping this? Well, it's all the medications. It's the drunkenness. It's the all the things that you're doing, the lust of your flesh. You have to die to your flesh, and this is why you keep returning to your – it tells the scriptures that uh, a man will turn to his folly like a, like, a, like a dog will turn to his vomit. And so I kept going back to what I knew until I had to be taught something else. I'd have a renewing of my mind. I had a, had a renewing of my heart. The way I thought wasn't okay. The way I, you know, you know I couldn't go by my feelings and emotions because they could be deceiving. It's just my own heart can deceive me. So I had to have it changed. I had to, I had to have the knowledge of good. I had to have his spirit to teach me his word, to, to be able to put in something else there, to show me these things. This wasn't okay, the life that I was living and and that's why the renewing of your mind. I mean, have you heard of a? I mean, I'm sure many people have heard of a a, a wet brain or, or heard of a, a what else is that called? Um, a mush brain, you know, because the, the medications or even alcohol has just totally just waterlogged their brains, and it keeps you from knowing God. And the only one that can set you right in your mind, fully clothed beside Him, is Jesus Christ. And so that's what we want to talk about here today. We want to talk about, are you drunk? What's the first thing you think of in the morning? What's the last thing you think of when you go to bed? Is it God? Is it His Word? If it's not, then you might need to check that out. Because I learned a long time ago, using my first thought and my last thought is my God. And I began to see that something wasn't right here. My, my mind wasn't right here. I wasn't okay with the way I was living, even though, you know, uh, uh, you know, I was out here doing drugs, and I was drinking, and I was doing all these things, but I was so miserable. I, I was so miserable. And then when I got sober, I was a, what they call a drunk. And I was like, what's missing here? I was going to uh, AA meetings, the DNA meetings, that's Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, but I still felt empty inside. And God spoke to me in my heart, and it was Jesus that I was missing. It was his spirit that I was missing. I hadn't had the newness of life. If, if you clean a vessel out and you set it over to the side, it's still an empty vessel. You have to put something in it, and we clean it out. And that means cleaning out the old man, the old stuff, the old the old vessel. So you don't, you, you've got to have a new vessel here. You can't put uh, a, a new stuff in an old bottle that's going to break. Okay, it's not going to last. It, it won't. It won't last. You got to have a new one, and that's what God wants to do. He wants to make us a new vessel, a new vessel cleaned out, and, and He tells us we're to fill it with His Spirit. That's what He wants to do. He wants us to 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 uh, allow Him to do these things here. That's why it says, "Be not drunk with wine; we're in excess. Don't be a drunk, but be filled with the what Spirit." He wants to give us a new blind, his spirit that will teach you, teach you all things, that will renew your mind, your body, your heart, your soul. Everything about you will change. This is very important here that we understand that this change needs to take place. It needs to happen. There needs to be a washing, and you worship by what? The Word of God. My mind needed a washing, okay? My mind needed a changing. 
My mind needed, you know, I, 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 I didn't think right. And until I could start acting right, you know, being a doer of the word, I first had to be a hearer of it. I had to hear it. You know, I had to hear it in my mind. I had to hear it in my heart. I had to, I had to hear the word of God. They come by hearing and hearing the word of God. And then I could be a doer of his word. But see, I couldn't keep walking down that road. I couldn't, I couldn't keep going down trying to, you know, put one foot in Christianity and one foot still in my old life. Can't do that. Couldn't do that. Couldn't sit on the fence. Couldn't, couldn't do that anymore. I had to make a choice. There was two roads. I could go back. Well, I knew what was back there. And I, I didn't like that. I got tired of these things happening, you know, robbing me of, of, of my, of my uh, you know, I guess it's hard of waking up with guilt and shame, you know. I got tired of that. I got tired of of, of the way I felt and, and couldn't understand why do I keep doing these things? Why do I keep doing these things? And that's when I began to seek God and began to, to let him show me why I kept doing this. See, you get to the crossroad where you have to make a choice. Am I going to keep walking down that road or am I going to allow God to convert me, to change me, to turn me around and send me in a different direction. And that's where I wanted to go, in a different direction, you know. And, and, I, and I've, been, I've been clean and sober now for about 22 years, I guess now. Yeah, about 22 years, something like that, 21, 22 years. And, and you know, I remember where I couldn't go without smoking pot. I couldn't go without popping pills. I couldn't go without shooting up or couldn't go without, you know, wanting to drink. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, something happened. You could go and look at, you know, you know, I'm not just bragging on, I'm not bragging on me, I'm bragging on Jesus. But something happened that all of a sudden I no longer had a record. I no longer, you know, was getting arrested for intoxication or for DUI or DWI or, or you know, something happened. I even had an officer one time tell me, wow, you're not too bad of a person sober. You are really a nice person sober. You know, but, but they only knew the drunk rent. They didn't know the sober wren. They didn't know the wren, you know. But now it's different. It's different. I'm, I'm like a different person. That's what I'm talking about. See, you're, if you're getting drunk with alcohol, you're not, you're not the person that God created you to be. You're being deceived by that. And that's why you just don't understand why do I keep doing these things. And yet when I wake up from it, I'll seek it again and again and again and again. And you're going to keep seeking it again until you cry out to Jesus. I'm not one just talking. I'm speaking from experience. My husband can tell you the same thing. He was an alcoholic too at one time. You know, we've got to understand that when Jesus set you free, you're free indeed. Somebody just set an alcohol in front of me, a drink in front of me, I have no desire to touch it. They can set a bottle in front of me, I have no desire to pick it up. They can set a needle in I have no desire anymore. That's what I'm talking about. When he sets you free, you're free. I have no desire to pick up a drink, a drug, a cigarette, or any of those things anymore. I have no desire to do those things because I have been set free from them. I've been washed. I've been clean from those things. Brother Ricky, what you got? Well, absolutely. You know, uh, you're you're one hundred percent correct on that. You know about the, the you know about the the alcohol, the effects of it, and and stuff like that. 
And, and you know, there is other scriptures that, uh, of course, you know, we've got a few on the study. And um, um, I want to look at uh, Proverbs 20 and 1. It says, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. And, uh, you know, it's a deception. And, and why would it say deceive? Why would it use the word deceive? Well, it, it's just... It's just like um, in the testimony that uh, Sister Wren was giving us. Um, the deception is, number one, the deception is every alcoholic has or never person, I can handle it. That is the first deception. It will not affect me. I, I've heard this over and over again. Uh, oh, I can handle my drink. Um uh, um, I don't never get drunk. I'm always in control. That is the deception, and, and uh, that's why in Proverbs 20 it told us right there that if, uh, you know, if you do this, you know, you're deceived. So it is a deception, and, um, and, and it has caused many, many hardships in families. Uh, it has destroyed families. It has destroyed lives. It, it has killed, and you know, you know, people say, "Well, I don't know why everybody's against drinking, or why certain people are against drinking." Look at the fruits, folks. You know, didn't the Bible says that you should judge, judge things by its fruits? And um, I know that it refers to a person, but but the things that you do, judge it by its fruits. What is the fruit of alcoholism? What does it bring forth? And it brings forth disasters. It, uh, um, as a matter of fact, let me let me share something with you right now about alcohol. Um, uh, it, it's it's it, number one. It's terrible. Like I say, it's terrible. It is terrible. Um, you know um, the the uh, alcohol usage disorders um, is what we're supposed to talk. About, you know what I'm supposed to bring up. Did you know that alcohol related death nearly eighty eight thousand people. That's approximately sixty two thousand men, twenty six thousand women die from alcohol related causes annually. In two thousand and fourteen, I know this is two thousand sixteen, but I imagine it's more now. Alcohol impaired driving fatalities accounted for nine thousand nine hundred and sixty seven deaths. That's 31% of the overall driving fatalities in um, in 2014. The deception. Oh, I can handle it. I'm in full control. They drink and get behind the wheel and wind up, you know, it winds up uh, killing people. And, and, you know, and the other thing that you brought up, which is so, so true, um, about um um uh, you know about you know what are you thinking what what's on your mind uh when when you do this and and uh the another scripture I'd like to bring up uh real quick and then I'll turn it back to you in proverbs thirty one um let's 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 look at this it says in thirty in proverbs thirty one and four it said, it is not for kings, O Emmanuel, it's not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes to drink strong drink, 
Number five, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of the afflicted. Oh, man, I mean, look, and this is why, like I said, in uh, Proverbs 20, then it, it was called a deception, and, and that's what we got. And we got many more things that we can bring out on this, but I'm going to turn it back to Sister Ann and Brother Mike to let them say something. Back to y'all. Well, you know what? What uh, you know? Really, really, we got to understand is that you know. Come on, you out there who do drink or do drugs? To me, it ain't no different. It ain't no different at all. Um, how many times do you wake up the next day and you don't remember what happened the night before? You don't recall, or maybe you do, and you got such guilt and shame because uh, it, it makes you seek out strange women. Strange flesh, you know. It makes you. It makes you do things that you normally wouldn't do. How many men get drunk and beat their wives and children and regret it and don't understand? How many men, women get drunk and molest their children? Oh, it happens. It happens all the time. How many times do they? You know, they 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 are like, I don't know why I keep doing this because it tells you. That you're entrapped in that. It's a sin. You, you, it entraps you. And you can't get out. Jesus is the way out. That's what we're trying to explain to you. Jesus is the way out. And and that's what people need to understand. It makes you do things you normally would not do. It makes you do things that you're ashamed of and you hate. And, and you just, you know, you, you just can't believe that you would do something like that. But see, it takes control of you. It can take control of your body, your mind. It takes control of everything. How many people that 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 lose everything because of alcohol, drugs, gambling, so on and so forth? How many people lose it all? Their houses, you know, everything, their business, their families, because they can't stop. So I'm not talking about a temporary fix. I'm talking about Jesus Christ being a permanent solution to our temporary problem or sin. You know, this is what I'm talking about. It's what we're talking about here is I do not drink alcohol no more. I have no, I'm talking, you can be totally free. You won't have to be trapped in that bottle anymore. You won't have to let that serpent keep biting you and entrapping you. You know, you can be totally free from that. And that's why it's warning us. You know, you know, it leads us to do things we normally wouldn't do. We know in the Bible about uh, Noah, when he drank wine, he was drunk in, in his tent. And, and you know, it was, it was a sin to uncover your father's nakedness. And yet that's what his son Ham did. And when Noah woke and, and, and knew what his son had done unto him, he cursed Ham and blessed his other two sons that walked backwards and covered their father up. We also know with, with Lot, that after him and his daughters got out of Sodom, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, when it was destroyed, his wife turned and looked back, and she was destroyed, that the daughters got their father drunk and both slept with him and ended up pregnant by him. See, it causes you to do things you normally would not do. Drunkenness causes you to do things. How many times? How many? I mean, I mean, I think that's part of. Uh, we see uh, a lot of fornication happening. People are getting drunk and they're sleeping one with another. You know, things like that. Homosexuality. All these things happen. You know, because of 
being under the influence of alcohol and drugs that totally controls your mind and your body and causes you to do things you normally wouldn't do. Uh, rape, murder. You know, look at all the stuff that we, we see happening all because of how many people are sitting in prison because they went and got drunk or high and ended up murdering someone, killing someone on the road with their vehicles, with their hands, with a gun. You know, robbery, had no intentions of doing so. Uh, here uh, last week, I think it was, we saw a young man, he got drunk, and, and he ended up crawling through his neighbor's window thinking it was his house. When he came through the window, the neighbor didn't know who it was and shot and killed him. You know, look at all the alcohol and drug-related deaths that don't need to take place, that don't need to happen. See, this is what it, alcohol leads you to. It leads you to fornication. It leads you to, to murder. It can lead you to all these things that we're talking about here. And like, like Brother Ricky just said, how many say, you know, oh, well, I got this. I'm in control of this. No, you're not. No, you're not. It's in control of you. That's the serpent that the scripture was warning about. It's going to bite you. It's going to turn on you. You can't trust it. You do not have control over it. It takes control of you. You ever notice it's called wine and spirit? You ever wondered why? It's called wine and spirit? But there's only one spirit we need to worry about. That's the Holy Spirit. But yet, uh, in liquor stores, they call it wine and spirit. Because if it gives you a spirit, and it won't be the Holy Spirit, it'll be some evil, wicked, perverse unclean spirit that will totally take over you and control you. Mike's here now. All right. Thank you, Ren. Um, uh, you know, and I learned at a, at a uh, young Christian age that if we think that we're better than sin, then we've got a, really a rude awakening because and I'm talking to the Christians out there. I'm not talking to the unbeliever. I'm talking to the Christian brothers and sisters out there, the body of Christ, you know. And, you know, don't think we're better than sin, because, with that we can't sin, because, you know what, we can. And we can get in trouble. We can walk off that beaten path. And we can walk off that narrow road that leads to the path, leads the way, you know, you know, get onto the crooked roads, you know, the wide path that leads to destruction. He wants us down that narrow, narrow path that Jesus has laid before us, you know, and walk together, you know, being the brother's keeper, you know. And, you know, I learned even in my early Christian walk, well, I'm talking my early Christian walk, I still had a lot of unforgiveness. And I still battle that here and now, you know. Every now and then I'll get that unforgiving spirit in me and and I tell you what it's hard to let go find solace peace in God's word and help give it to him cast all your cares upon him for a care for you and I tell you what we're seeing now I'm speaking to everybody not just the Christians but everybody can listen uh, here on the radio on the uh, post-trib network uh, radio you know we're seeing a lot of hate, and you can be drunk with hate. You can be drunk with envy. You can be drunk with strife, you know, drunk with sin, you know. And it's now it's time and not to go and protest with signs and march because you're angry or march because you uh, 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 want to. All it is is words. 
all it is is words. People are just speaking words now. And there's no action. I see a stalemate going on. It's, you know, and, and it's, it's just getting bitter and bitter and bitter and bitter. And that root of bitterness will kill the whole, a whole country. It's time to get, pull that weed out, that, that, that root of bitterness out of the ground and come back to loving one another. He says, and hold on just a second here. Okay. He says, in 1 John 3, 1, he says, Behold, I like when he starts off, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God, therefore we know the world knoweth us not, because I, because it know, knew him not. Be, beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when we shall appear, we shall be like unto him, like, like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever, are you a whosoever? Committeth sin, transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifest the way uh, to take away our sin, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sins not. Whosoever sinneth him not seen him, neither know him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. He that even as he is righteous, he that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For the, this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever, are you a whosoever? Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. You hear that? Neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew him, slew he him, because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth his bro- not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abideth in him. So don't be consumed. Don't be driven. Don't be misled. And don't be drunk with hate. Don't be hateful. Damn, I used to be so hateful. I, I... I don't care who, anything that walked and crawled. I think the only two people I actually loved and cared about was my grandparents. I mean, I just 
didn't care about anybody. I didn't even like myself. I hated myself. I hated everybody else except my grandparents. My grandparents loved me so much that it was like I can I can never hate them. But I hated everybody else. I hated my mother, hate my aunts, my uncles, my brothers, my my cousins, I, my friends. It was it was almost like it was a a, a I put on a false face. I was in a charade, you know, like, you know, like I wore a mask of happiness. And and it all stemmed back from my childhood, just like Ren's uh, issues started stemming back from her childhood at a young age. I was so bitter and so unforgiving and so hateful because of my biological father, my biological dad, when he took his own life, when I was a young man, I held his suicide in me because I thought it was my fault. See how the devil works there? He makes it to like, he points, you know, points some fingers at you. Oh, look at you, you boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, look. Oh, it's totally your fault. You know? And and henceforth, bam, drug addiction, alcoholism, you know, lust of the flesh, pride of life, uh, envy, strife, bitterness, hatefulness, unforgiving, you know. Don't. Just don't get in that drunkenness. You know, whatever. Uh, oh, 16 years now. You know, been... been uh, uh, born again now for 16 years, you know? Yeah, the devil likes to sneak in there. If I'm not guarding my heart, you got to guard your heart with the Word of God. you got to guard your mind with the Word of God. This can't be hearers only, but you got to be doers as well. And when you hear the Word and when you do the Word, guess what? You're walking in his word. You're walking in love. You're walking in peace. You're walking in joy. Yeah. You walk, you know, it, it, there's times when, when when you get frustrated, when you get hurt. God understands that. He sees that. Look at Paul. Read Paul's writings. You know, look at Job. Job went through a, 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 just a slew of things. Just. But he never cursed God. It would have been really easy for me and my wife last year when I was sick last year in a, in a medical rehab to just a, whoa, 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 always me. Why am it's me? Why? Oh, I could, I could have cursed God just to, where was God in all this? Well, he was always right there. He got me through it. He got my wife through it. He got my 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 daughter through it. He got my son through it. I got my grandchildren through it. got my son-in-law through it. You know, yes, family's against your own family. You know, brother against brother, daughter against daughter, mother against mother, father against father, you know, stuff like that. You know, but my wife would tell me, bless God and live. Bless God and live. And I'm telling you all to bless God and live. Don't be drunk with that sour bitterness taste in your mouth. Don't, don't. Don't die in hate. Don't die with bitterness and unforgiveness. 
I watched a news report the other day with a lady standing on the corner of a street pulling up signs, you know, uh, protesting. And on the other side was Blue Lives Matter, and they were hollering back at her, and they were hollering back at them. And what good was that? What, what common good was that at all? It was just, it was like one side was just hollering, and the other, I mean, it was like watching a ping pong match that keeps, keeps going and never ends. Nobody scores the point. It was, it, it was, it was just, to me, it was dead works. It was just hate, and every time. And we're going to see more of this, folks. We're going to see so much hate going on that we're going to continue to see people hollering back at each other because they don't understand, because they don't take the time to get sober. And sober-minded, you know, you know, you know, uh, yeah, be sober, you know, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary is the devil. Uh, he's like roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You know, the only problem with that is he has no teeth. So he tell that lion to shut up. You know, tell that lion to shut up. You know? Don't give in to that lion. Don't give in to that lion ways. So I'm going to hand it back to Ren. Thank you. Amen, amen, exactly. You know, I mean, I mean, we're just sharing a little testimony along with this because we've been there, you know. But, you know, when, 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 when Mike was talking, I was just thinking about, you know, when he even brought up when he was in, in, in rehab and sick for, uh, you know, about nine months and uh, of last year. Every time I turned around, it seemed like alcohol would be put in front of me or somebody told me, hey, Ren, you need to go have a drink. And I'm like, no, no, thank you. And you, you know what I'm saying? That's how I used to, whenever something would happen, I'd want to go get drunk. Or, you know, I'd want to get high, something like that. But see, I was able to say, no, no, thank you, I'm not interested. But you wouldn't believe how many times the devil tried to put alcohol in front of me. But yet, guess what? It was like it wasn't even there. I had no desire. I had no want for it. I was able to say no. I had no temptation there. You know, you know, Satan will try to when you first get clean and sober. He'll try to put it in front of you all the time. Now, I, I've, I've, like I said, it's been over 20 years for me now. I have no interest to it. I, I know it, it costs for nothing. I know the end result of that. You know, it tells us, but the end of all things is at hand. Be you therefore sober, watch unto prayer. See, so guess what? You're not sober-minded. You're not going to watch and pray. Things are going to sneak upon you. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to be prepared for what's to come because you're intoxicated. You know, it made me think about, it made me think about David. Everybody knows David, who David is. David you know, uh, lusted after another man's wife. And uh, it talks about that uh, he was watching her bathe and all that, and he wondered where he ended up getting her pregnant. And what did it cause to do? Now, look, first of all, he got drunk with lust. He lusted after her. Then he had her brought to him. He ended up getting her pregnant. And her husband 
was really faithful to David. He would lay at David's feet instead of going and, and being with He kept trying to get him to go home because he tried to cover up the fact that he'd gotten her pregnant. Okay? And and he would lay he would lay uh, at David's feet to keep an eye on the king. He trusted the king. Well, David wouldn't have him put out on, on front line and had him killed. And the prophet came and spoke to David of what he had done. You were that king. You're the one who done this. And, you know, you see what I'm saying? We bring things upon ourselves. Now, he wasn't drunk, but it was a type of drunkenness because he lusted after something that wasn't his. We covet after things that don't belong to us, that belong to our neighbor, or belong to someone else that caused them to the point of where you take, you covet, you steal, uh, you break the commandments of God. We talked about this the other day. Uh, you you, you uh, uh, murder. See what I'm saying? What leads to? It doesn't, lead, it doesn't bring forth any good fruit. You know, when when you when you're not filled with when you, when you no longer are filled with that old wine and you begin to get the new wine, the Spirit of God, it fills you with the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, that's what that's what we want to bear, and that's how you can tell real quick. Remember, it says, "Try the spirits to see if they be of God." Right? Remember, Scripture tells us that. So you know what? When you're seeing, you know, like like Mike brought up about you know a lot of this protest that going on. What do you see happening? Hate, murder, violence. That's not that's not the fruit of the spirit. That's not bringing love. It tells us that the the fruit of the spirit is love. So so when you're looking at someone, are they bringing? Is it the, is it you know discern the spirit? Is it bringing love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness? Long suffering is peace, by the way. Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Is it bringing these? Because we're told if we live by the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. You know, let's not let's let not be vanity here. Is it bringing forth? If it's not, for, it's, look. If if what you're seeing or what you're doing is not bringing forth the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, it's because you don't have it. Then, okay, that's what we got to understand here. You know, we haven't truly been 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 baptized, you know, by the spirit, because it tells us that the fruit of the spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So, you know, it's very important, so you're going to find that really quick. Are you drunk with, you know, with alcohol, with drugs? Uh, are you drunk with uh, uh, fornication, lust of your flesh? Are you drunk with anger? Are you drunk with unforgiveness? Are you drunk with sins of this world? Are you still being led by your flesh? These are the bondages that, see, we don't want to be a slave to sin, the slave to our flesh, and just, see, let me try to put it in simpler words, and I do this because this is what helped me. I, I had such hard comprehension when I became a, a new Christian. I couldn't read that well, and I didn't comprehend a whole lot. But, you know, someone explained it this way to me that really helped me a lot. When when we're out there in the world, now there are some that claim to be Christian, but they're worldly. And, you know, we're not supposed to. You know, remember, a, a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Are you feeding your flesh? Are you feeding the spirit? And I said, what do you mean by that? And they said, well, every time your flesh wants something, it's like this. When you're hungry, you get up and you go eat, right? When you're thirsty, you get up and you go get a drink. If your flesh is wanting this, are you feeding the flesh of spirit? Is your flesh wanting to sin? Is your flesh wanting, you see what I'm saying, to glutton, uh, greed, going after money, going after strange foul flesh, going after strange women, uh, uh, sexual sin? Are you, you know, pornography? Are you feeding your flesh? And all you're doing is allowing your flesh to have whatever it wants, whatever you set before you, and you're not refraining from any of this, and you're feeding the flesh. You want to feed the spirit. How do 
be dispersed our spirit through prayer, through through studying God's word. You know, this is what we need to be doing. And so when I realized that I'm on a road here and I have a choice, the Lord said, I've said before you, life and death, choose life that you and your seed might live. He said a choice. I have a choice between living or dying. If I keep feeding my flesh, my sins, and keep going as a sinner like I am, when I stand before him, I'm going to be judged. And we know the wages of sin is death. Or I can feed the Spirit, being led by the Spirit of God, allowing the Spirit of God to dwell in me. It's a choice. It is a choice. And, you know, we've got to make the right choice. And I, I wanted to read something here, too, that that's really going to help in this situation here. I pray that, you know, my prayer is that this really touches someone's heart and says, wait a minute, I'm feeding the wrong thing. You know, I'm not, wait a minute, I, I'm not drinking the new wine of spirit. I'm still on the old wine of sin and lust and, and drunkenness and all these things we've been talking about. So let's see what the scripture says. Now, now I'm going to start with First Corinthians 6 here. It says, there any of you have a matter against another? Go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. Do you not know the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge of the smallest matters? Know you not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? The first judge we ought to judge is ourselves. Let the word of God judge us to see if we are in sin. Because we can't pull anything out of We can't expose any of sin if we're still full of sin. You can't take the, uh, you know, someone told me a long time ago, what if I take a, you're trying to take a, you know, a toothpick out of someone's eye when you've got a log in your own, you know. You've got to get rid of sin. You've got to be washed first before you can show anyone else how to be washed of these things. He said, I, it says, and, and then you have judgments of things pertaining to this life. Set them to, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a, a, not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge his brother. But brother goes to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. See that all the time, y'all. Now, therefore, there is utterly a fault among you, because you go law one with another. Why do you not rather take the wrong? In other words, why not, why not just take the wrong that's done to you? Why do you not rather suffer yourself to be defrauded? Nay, you did wrong, you defraud, and that your brother. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? He's correcting them. He's telling them this isn't okay. This isn't okay. You're doing these things. Now listen to what he says here. Be not deceived. Remember, you're deceived by the drink. Brother Ricky just read it. You're not wise. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor infamites, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. You ever notice that alcohol, uh, drunkenness, leads you to all these things? Interesting, huh? Nor thieves, covetous, nor drunkards, nor revivers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you see what this is talking about? It tells you you're not going to enter the kingdom of God. Don't believe the line that you can do these things and, oh, God, God understands it's okay, you get it. That's not what it says. Shall, shall, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what it says. Got to believe God's word. Now, listen to what this says here. And such were some of you. In other words, you were once these things. You were once these deals. You once was a fornicator. You once was an adulterer. You once was an adulterer. 
You once was a drunk, okay? I was going to tell you, you once were these things. As such as you were, some of you, but you were washed. What washes us? The word. Washed by the word, right? Washed by the word. But you are sanctified. What sanctifies us? The word, his name, knowing who he is. Me, you know, it says, repent every one of you. If you baptize, they just Christ mission sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost where you are sanctified, where you are sealed by his spirit. And we know that name, and the name is Jesus Christ. But listen to what's going on here. But you are justified in the name, remember I just said the name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not extended. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meat for the belly. Now listen to this. And belly for the meat. But God shall destroy them both. Both. Hear that? It and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. And God has both raised up the Lord and will also raise up uh, by his own power. Know you not that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know you not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body for two? Uh, Say he shall be one flesh, that he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committed fornication sins against his own body. What? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. Do you hear that? It belongs, you belong to God. I belong to God. We belong to God. We can't be going out here and drinking and getting high and, and, and fornicating and doing all these things that we're doing. And he tells us not to do those things. You belong to him. You belong to him. He wants to dwell in you. See, if, if you're full of hate and anger and drugs and alcohol and all these things that we talked about, There's no room for God there. God can't dwell there. You have to be washed. You have to be made new. You have to be clean that he can pour himself into. He wants to pour himself, his spirit, into you, into me, and live. Our bodies is a temple. He could have chose anything. His temple is not made with hands. His temple is not these buildings. You are his temple. I am his temple. And he wants us to be clean. He wants us to be clean before him so that he can do that, so he can pour himself in, in, into us. And that's what, that's what we've got to understand. That's what we're seeing going on. We look around and we're like, what's all this hate? What's all this stuff? Because people are drunk with it. They are drunk with, with hatred. They're drunk with sin. They're drunk with these things, and it's causing them to be separate from God. See, Satan don't care. Satan, Satan can only destroy the body. But it tells us the fear the one is able to destroy both body and soul in hell, and that's God. Satan can't destroy our soul. He can destroy our body. That's why he tries so hard to, to, to take us out. He's come to still kill and destroy as much as he possibly can, keep us deceived, keep things hidden from us, 
Keep us in darkness so that we can't come to the light of the truth, God's word. He don't want that poured in us. He hates it when you get into his word. If you get into his word, I promise you his word will get into you. I promise you that. You just got to be willing to do that, to get into that word and stay in that word. And, you know, I can remember as a very young Christian, and, and I, I was a very young Christian in the Lord, and, and uh, boy, I began to open up the word of God, and I began to seek his word. And I remember just praying his word out loud and saying, God, I'm not going to move until you fill me with your word, until you show me things. And I remember going to the word of God. God, you gave you gave it unto David. You know, you said David was like, you know, seek after your own heart. You know, Paul, the boldness you gave him. I began to ask those things. Lord, you gave it to them. You're not a respecter of persons. Give that unto me. I did. I began to pray the word of God, and I began to speak at the word of God. I began to speak out because I didn't want to be on all the medications. I didn't want to be a drunk. I didn't want to be, you know, on all, all, all them drugs and all the things that I was doing. I didn't like who I'd become. And so I wanted that experience. I remember asking him, Lord, make me a real Christian. I want to be a fake and a phony. I've seen too much of that. I want to be a real Christian or I don't even want it. And began to, and I wasn't very good at reading. I couldn't, I couldn't read that well. Comprehension, I had none whatsoever. That came from the Lord. I had nothing to do with that. But you know what? You've got to seek him every day. Paul said, I die daily. You have to die to your flesh, to your sins every day. It's not a one-time thing. It's a daily thing. Remember, we're killed all the day long. Don't forget that. He wants us to endure until the end. I'm going to give Ricky a chance to, to, to say something here, and then I think Michael's come back up. Well, absolutely, and and it's very important that, that we we understand what what the Word of God is telling us here, you know, um, if we look at uh, uh, Romans six, and and let's look, let's look at a few scriptures here, and then we'll turn it to Brother Mike. But I'm gonna I'm gonna read this. It says, "What fruit had ye then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants of God." Ye have your fruit unto holiness and the everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, you know, we're, we're talking about drunkenness here, you know, of, of many things. And, and, of course, you know, I know that 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 we started out with the alcohol. And, and, and I understand that there's going to be people out there saying, well, uh, Overeating is just as bad as sin. Well, let me tell you something. I never ate an extra hot dog and felt like going shooting somebody or going and, and committing a, a, a sexual sin or anything like that. i never done that by eating an extra hot dog that I, I probably didn't need. I never wanted to go and uh, do those things by, by eating an extra helping, extra plate full of, of, a, of a dish or anything like that. But, with with the alcohol, it can make you do things that you don't want to do. And um, I, I I'm going to I'm going to be honest with you, friends. If you have a problem with alcohol, we're not here to down you or condemn you or anything like that. We're not here to do that. We're just trying to tell you that 
if you want to live for Christ and live a, a sin-free life, you cannot be a servant of something that's going to bring you into bondage and, and, and bring death to you and, and everything like that. And, and like I say, yeah, I know overeating is not, is not healthy. I understand that. But understand, too, like I said, I've never ate an extra plate of food and wanted to go out and commit a sexual sin or, or kill somebody as the results of that overeating. It, it, does, it can do you harm. But, you know, if you, if you think about it, um, the, the, the cirrhosis um, of the liver, you know, caused from drinking, uh, it, it causes great pain. And, and you know, over 50% of the deaths of cirrhosis is, is alcohol-related. And, and like I said, I know we got on the other things here and stuff like that, but understand, just because you're, if you are an alcoholic or drink alcohol and do these things, don't, don't try to pull something else out of the head to try to justify it because it cannot be justified and it won't be justified. The only way you can be justified is through repentance and let God help you with it. Back to y'all. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, Ricky. And, you know, amen, because, you know, one thing about it is what, you know, I'm just saying what I've learned, you know, uh, what I've learned in, in my young walk with the Lord you know, was, uh, it's a discipline, just like Ren was saying, just like uh, Brother Ricky was saying. You know, it, it's it, you learn. You've got to learn how to walk in those statutes of God. You've got to, the newness of life, you know, uh, and, you know, you know it, it's, it's, it's about being disciplined. And you take that word discipline and you get out disciple, you know, and that's what a lot of these man-made churches today are failing other people when they come hungry, when they come thirsty, to know who God is, to know how, how do I walk as a Christian? But no, they leave out of there still hungry. And they live out of they're still thirsty, and they continue and they can and they continue to turn back to their old ways because they don't know any better because the pastors all they, these these man made pastors you know who who were on these man made churches you know a they weren't called to to to, to have a big old church or lead a flock what they're doing is they're 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 leading a flock into the de- dry desert, you know, on the other side of the mountain, which is on the other side of the mountain is green grass and pastures, you know, and you know, he said he says, you know, the word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all thy all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of, my, of thy testimony as much as in all riches. I will meditate on thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. 
I will delight myself in thy statutes, and I will not forget thy word. You know, so we, it's a discipline. You, look, we can't rely on each other. As in, like, really, we, we have to rely on God. God and, and only God. You know, man, I learned this as a, um, I just say this as a, when I was a young Christian. I learned a lot as when I was a young Christian, which helped me now, because you know what? Man will fail man. There is none righteous, no, not one. Only God is the only one. He's the only one to be trusted. He's the only one who knows, because you know what? His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His ways are never going to change. His statutes are never going to change. His precepts are never going to change. The only thing that changes is us. Let God's word change us. Be a disciple. Discipline yourself. You know, it's okay. You know, I I, I, I learn something new every day. If you don't learn nothing not new every day, then you're not learning. Ha- have that. Have that want to. So I'm going to hand it back over here, over here, Ren, and thank you very much. Amen, amen, too. And, you know, one thing about it, too, is, is you know, we're talking about, you know, that there's many ways of being drunkenness, you know, not just with alcohol or drugs or, you know, sin, fornication that we talked about. But we want you not to get something confused that some people have gotten confused. You know, being filled with the Spirit is not drunkenness. Okay? Now, some people are, there's some churches, some religions that teach that. You know, they walk around and they act like they're drunk and intoxicated and everything else. But, you know, that's when we need to go to scriptures with that. That's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to read what it says here uh, that took place in Acts here. Um, Let me find it here. Um, Because when they were filled with the Spirit, they spoke with other tongues where people were understanding them, yes, Acts 2, people were understanding them and, uh, you know, um, saw them, they thought that they were drunk. But let's see what the scripture says here about that. Uh, see here. They heard them speaking in tongues. And, okay, right here. Okay. Now it talks about how they were filled with the spirit, and it talks about how they they how they were able to hear every man in his own tongue, I means their own language. Okay, wherein they were born, they were like, well, and all of a sudden these one listening are thinking, well, how are they speaking in my tongue? Aren't they? Uh, I would they say Galileans? How how are, how are they speaking? <laughs> I'm happy like us uh, going over, and next thing we know, we're hearing you know uh, people from another country, and they're talking just plain. In English, and we're like, wow, how are they speaking in our tongue? That's what was going on taking place here. But let's, let's, let's take a look. And it says right here, and they, see, uh, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what mean is this? Now, they're hearing everybody, they're hearing them speaking in their own tongue, and they're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? I mean... I, it's like this way. I, I mean, what, what they heard, it says, it says a list of all the languages that were being spoken. But listen to what's going on here, what's happening here. And it says, I was mocking, saying, these men are full of new wine. Now, they're accusing them of being drunk, okay? Because this is what Peter says to them. But standing up, 
see that Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea, and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunkards, otherwise they're not drunk, as you suppose, seeing it be but the third hour of the day. It's about I believe it's about nine AM, nine in the morning, something like that. But this is which was spoken to you by the prophet Job. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see a vision, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out in those days my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and a vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and noble day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, Jesus even told them, we're going to go back a little bit further. He told them, go to Jerusalem. Okay? Now, now I'm just going to tell you the story. When, when, when disciples were there, there was approximately, what was there, about 500, I think, there at the time. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll say it right, because I'm not going to Scripture. And when Jesus was taken up, he told them to go to Jerusalem until they were filled with the Holy Ghost. So they did what they were told. They went to Jerusalem, okay? And they waited. And they waited on the day of Pentecost. It was full. Okay, come in. And they were all in one accord, and they were in one place. And suddenly it sounded from heaven as a rushing mighty wind that fell upon the house and they were where they were sitting and appeared unto them clothed in tongues of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. It's what Jesus promised them. Told them to go there. Go to Jerusalem. Wait there until you have been empowered. Until you have been filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's what they did. And they began to speak with tongues. The purpose of them speaking with tongues is as, as the Spirit gave them utterance. But what was going on there is a very high day then. The Pentecost day was, okay? And, it says they were, and, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devoted men out of every nation under heaven was there. So why did God have them to speak in tongues? So that every nation could hear the word. They heard it in their own language. So they too can 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 be can be saved. Well, no, I was talking about, uh, yeah, I know in the upper room, yeah, about 120 was in the upper room. But I was talking about when Jesus was taken up, there was about 500, I think, five or 600 that witnessed that when Jesus was taken up. Remember, he was taken up in the heaven just before that. But see, but see, we got to understand here what's going on, what's taking place here. So we got a lot of churches that are acting drunk. They're falling on the floor. They're rolling around on the floor. They're 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 uh, making noises, but it's not a language. Things like that. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not get you drunk. The Holy Spirit gets you sober. Do not be deceived by that deception we see going on. Remember, the Holy Spirit does not get me drunk. The Holy Spirit gets me sober, puts me sober-minded in my right mind that I may know him. Don't forget that. Be careful because there are other spirits running around in churches. It's not the Holy Spirit that are deceiving many people and believing that this is, but it's not. I mean, I've seen people where they've gotten and, and, and act like animals and everything. That's not the Holy Spirit. So go to Acts 2 where Peter tells them these men are not drunk. These men are not drunk. They're seeing what was, what was spoken by the prophet Joel was being fulfilled. And so if, if they're still acting like they're drunk and they're falling down and, and holy laughter and giggles and all that kind of stuff that they're telling people, that's, that's, not, that's not scripture. That is not the word of God. That's a deception. 
So be really careful, especially if maybe you're just now coming to the Lord or maybe you're, you're, you're a new Christian. Do not be deceived by these things. Read the scriptures. We have on our website at posttribnetwork.org. We talk about these things. We talk about the speaking in tongue movement. We talk about, go look, and there's nothing but scriptures there, and go look for yourself and educate yourself. You know, you don't know these things if you never educate yourself about them and know the truth about this so you are not deceived by these things. Because we didn't want you all to think that, oh, well, I can go from drinking alcohol to getting this kind of drunkenness. No, that's not. If it's looking like the world, it's not God. Don't forget that, okay? It's not God. If they were intoxicated, they were drunk, and the Spirit made them drunk, Peter would have said so. Peter said, Peter rebuked them for it. He said, no, these men are not drunk. They're not drunk. They're filled with the Spirit. You know, he's not going to have you falling all over the floor, uh, you know, knocking over tables and chairs and falling, you know, just, uh, well, I don't know how to put it, make an idiot of yourself. You know, that's what the things of the world does, you know. Uh, that's not, I don't want it. I, I don't want that. I want what God wants me to have. I want I want to be sober-minded. And so just remember, the Holy Spirit don't make you drunk. The Holy Spirit makes you sober. Back to you, Ricky. Absolutely, and yeah, you were right about that. Um, that the, um, I don't know what you was talking about. Uh, that was in um, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and 6. It says, after that, he was seen above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain at the present. But, um, you, you know, um, uh, yeah, you're right, 100% right. The Holy Ghost will not make you do crazy things. Um, it will. It won't make you, you know, walk, crawl around like a dog or beller out like a sheep. It doesn't do that. It, you know, um, it, it, it gives us the spirit of God does not give us a troubled mind, but it gives us a sound mind. We're sound. Remember, when when the when the man was delivered of the devils at the tomb. He was in his right mind, and that's what the Holy Ghost does. It puts us in our right mind. It 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 it, it lets us it lets us see things in the right way, and 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 you know it directs our path. That's what the Holy Ghost does. It leads us and it guides us and it teaches us in in all things. But you know, folks, like we said, if you're intoxicated with anything, with any with any part of sin. Sin will intoxicate you. It will blind you. It will deceive you. And 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 understand, you know, the the end thereof is death. It, it, it death is death is death death is coming to us all. But and 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 I will say that yeah, there's a resurrection coming. But I want to be among the resurrection of the righteous. I want to stay in my grave until the wrath be passed and until the Lord comes. I don't want to come out of that grave. I don't want to be. I don't want to be on this earth when His wrath is here. I don't want to be in that numbers in the second resurrection that stands before the throne with no place to go because I was deceived in a sin and my mind was deceived and I was I was uh, influenced by other things instead of spiritual things. I definitely don't want to be in anything like that. And, but I tell you the truth today, folks. There is deliverance. There is peace in Jesus' name. There is deliverance in Jesus' name. There is hope in Jesus' name. And you may be having you may be having trouble right now. You may be having 
pain right now, and, and, and you might be going through something right now, but we're going to tell you the truth. In this second chapter of Acts, where she was reading from, the word was given to them. When they all heard the uh, heard them speaking in tongues, the word was being given. They all gathered around, and Peter told them plain out. And, and he told them, you know, when he said, You're, we're not drunk as you suppose, you know, they, they listened. They understood then when Peter gave them the word about what this was all about, and they were pricked in their heart, the Bible says. They were pricked in their heart, and and then they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter answered and said, and, and told them this, he said, Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all the uttermost part of the earth, as many as the Lord thy God shall call. Understand, my friends, understand, you cannot do it in yourself. You cannot, you cannot uh, uh, have the remedy of sin in yourself. It takes Jesus Christ. That's why he loved us so much. He didn't only he Jesus is not only a God that created us and loved us, he came and died for us that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Back to you. Amen, amen. Amen. You know, we're just telling you you know what? If you're needing deliverance from alcoholism, drug addiction, you need deliverance from any sin, no matter what it is. You know, we know who to go to. You know, we can go straight to Jesus ourselves. And that's what people need to realize. You don't have to go to some priest. You don't have to go to some preacher. You you don't have to, you know, you don't have, you know what? It it tells us that, you know, we want, Jesus said that uh, his word says that, you know, God will give the Holy Ghost to them that ask. You have not because you ask not. If you want the Holy Ghost, you ask him, you go to him. When you come to know who he is and you realize Jesus is your father, you realize who he is. You come into the knowledge of that truth. It requires you. It, it, it. I don't even know how to put it. It's like something reaches down in there and grabs a hold of you and says, "You know what? You know who he is. You know you want to obey him. You want to obey from the heart, and you go and you get baptized in his name, in Jesus' name, and you receive his spirit, and the spirit begins to teach you. And it says, if you have the anointing, which is the truth in my life, you have the anointing." Abided in you. You need any man to teach you. See, we still need people to teach us until we get that anointing. <laughs> we get the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. He teaches you all things. He's the truth. He's never going to lie to you. He's going to tell you the truth every time because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, and that's what we've got to understand here is that if we want to know the truth, I know, I know that... Um, I couldn't understand the Word of God. I couldn't, I couldn't understand why I couldn't understand it. And I used to have a friend who used to tell me, I'm like, she would quote me scriptures all the time. She's passed away now, but she would quote me scriptures, an older woman. And I'd tell her, I don't understand. I don't understand. She'd smile. She'd say, you will. One day you will. You will. And no matter what I was going through, she'd always give me the Word, always the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. I don't care what I was going through. I don't know what was happening. I don't care if it's a good day, bad day, a horrible day, whatever. I don't care if it was just I was on my last stretch. She'd always give me scriptures. And I'd tell her I don't understand. And she'd tell me, you will, you will, you will. And she waited patiently on the Lord. You know, and was very patient with me. 
you know, giving me the word. And, and uh, you know, uh, I began to seek the word for myself. I began to open up the word of God and spending time. I can remember my kids were really little and getting them, you know, when we used to go to public schools and getting them on the bus. And I'd run back into the apartment and I would just sit there and feed on the word all day long, you know, and just study and study and study. Study to show yourself approved unto God and work and not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, we got to study that word. You know, if we want to, re- we want to replace who we don't like what we are, it needs to change. See, if you're still the same as you were when, when you supposedly came to the Lord and you're still the same and you ain't changed, there ain't been no conversion, there ain't been no turnabout, there ain't, you know, you haven't become new, then you haven't come to the Lord yet. Because that's what he does when you come to him. I'm going to bring it up again. I brought it up, I believe, yesterday, but I'm going to bring it up again. You know, that man who cut himself with stones, they couldn't even bind him. He ran around naked in tombs. Tombs, what is that? A cemetery. Ran around naked. And Jesus came to him. And he fell at Jesus' feet and he worshipped him. And you know, Jesus set him in his right mind fully clothed to the point where people didn't even recognize the man anymore. And he wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, go home, tell the great things the Lord hath done. Told him to go and he left praising God. You know, that's what I'm talking about here. He can set you free. I don't care how, hey, look, I was a drunk, a drug addict, in the prostitution. I was in and out of mental hospitals, in and out of jails. They said I was schizophrenic. They said I was crazy. They said all these things about me. But when Jesus touched me and set me in my right mind and delivered me from all those things that I just mentioned, all those things are gone. Delivered me from those things and set me in my right mind fully beside him. That's all I've done is tell everyone but the great things the Lord had done. I, too, was a cutter. This man that lived in, a, in, in tombs, he cut himself with stones. I was a cutter. My husband used to be a cell farmer. He was a burner. He'd burn himself. So, I mean, you see what I'm talking about? He don't do that no more. I don't do that no more. That's what we're talking about, that freedom, that deliverance. I don't have to turn to things of this world to satisfy that. I'm satisfied with the word of God. That's my sword. That's, that's my source. That's where I go to. I know that's why we say take it to the throne before you take the phone. Go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Nobody else. When when Paul was hit with that bright light and knocked off that horse, he said, Lord, and you know what? The Lord spoke and said, it is I, Jesus. There ain't no other. There ain't three or four of them up there. There's only one. John saw a throne, and he saw one sitting in that throne, and it was Jesus Christ. And I guarantee you, you cry out to Jesus, and you're going to see the same thing. You're going to see and you're going to hear only one. Only one. And he's the only one that can set you free. He's the only one that can deliver you. He's the only one that can save your very soul. No one else can save it. No one else can save it and no one else can destroy it but Jesus Christ. You have to make a choice. You know, it's, you know what? You know, it says don't fear the one who's, who's, who can destroy the body. That's Satan. But fear the one who can both destroy the body and soul in hell. That's the one. That's the one I bow to. That's the one I serve. That's the one I go to. There ain't nobody else. See, see, when this happens, he causes where we can go boldly before the throne of grace, where we can go boldly before him. We can pray to him. We can seek his face. He said to, to, to uh, seek him where he can be found. You know, stop and think about that. You know, uh, he came and died for us. So we wouldn't have to be in bondage to our sin. Don't be a slave to sin. You don't have to be. 
We can be we can be slain to righteousness. We 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 can be dead to sin. But tells in scripture. How bad do we want it? You know, someone told me years ago when I was a young Christian, Rand, if you would go looking for Jesus hard as you did for alcohol and drugs and men, you'd have him. And that has stuck with me all these years. Because boy, I tell you what, I would go to any lengths to get to that bar. I'd go to any lengths to go get drugs. I didn't care what time it was in the middle of the night. I went, it didn't matter. I would go to great lengths to feed my flesh, my sin. But someone told me, if you spend that much effort seeking God and his word, you'll have him. So, you know, I had to chase after him like I did the things of this world. See, if you get in, you know, you know it's so important. You know, you, the word will, will will choke the world out of you. Just like it says in Scripture about the, you know, the world can also choke the word out of you. You got, it's a choice. It's a choice. Go after him, and you'll have him. Seek him. What are you seeking? What are you hunting for? What do you spend most of your day searching for, looking for? What's, what's the desires of your heart? God's not going to stand in the way. He gave us a choice, though, and he told us what to choose. But you know what? Can't make you choose it because he's given us choice. And, you know, we have to make the right choice. You, you know, one thing about it, we're not going to stand before God and say, well, it's your fault. God would turn around and say, no, your blood's upon yourself. It's your fault. You could have chose to choose me, but you chose not to. You know, you chose not to. You chose not to serve me. You chose not to live for me. You chose to live your life the way full of sin. And so if we go to hell because of our sins, it's no way's fault but our own because we know that hell was made for the devil and his angels, right? He wasn't created for us. But we're choosing it by following the devil, the things of this world, the thing, uh, by giving into our flesh, by going after the things of, of the world, you know, feeding our sin, and in the process, losing our soul. What does it say? What would a proper man to gain the whole world but lose his very soul? You can have everything in the world that you want and still end up in hell. It's called choice. What do you love the most? Who do you love the most? What do you serve the most? What you serve the most is your God. Like I said, when you wake up, what do you wake up? What do you go to bed thinking about? What do you wake up? What's the first thing that crosses your mind? That's your God. That choice is yours. I'm going to give Ricky another chance to say something here before we go off the air. Amen, amen. You know, like, like we say, just just get in, get you know, get, get along just between you and God. Search the scriptures for yourself. Understand that 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 importance of of uh, of of getting the truth. Understand the importance of of uh, of of searching for the truth. He said, "If you ask, you shall receive." He said, "If you seek, you shall find." He said, "Not, and the door shall be opened unto you." And and like I said. Um, you, you know, to, don't don't be ashamed to to ask for prayer. Uh, feel free to ask for prayer. We we have a a, a telephone 
um, prayer line. Um, I don't have that number right there in front of me, but uh, I'll go, when I turn it back to Red, she'll give you the prayer line phone number, and also she'll give you our um, our Gmail address that you can even uh, email us. And um, and 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 I guarantee you, we'll, if you put on a prayer line, put, put, call a prayer line, we'll pray. We pray for you. Uh, there's a prayer request uh, shout out box on on the site at postribnetwork.org. You can put a prayer request right there. We'll pray for you, and and uh, just just know that we love you. Just know that we're here for you, and that we're here. You know, for one reason and one reason only, to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and to encourage one another and prepare the saints to go through the tribulation and lay their lives down for the Lord. Back to you. Amen. Amen, amen. You know, you know, we can share our stories with you. We can, we can share, you know, what happened to us and, and what it took for us, and we can pray for you. We can't save you. Can't do it. You know, um, Jesus Christ did that. Praise God. You know, he did that for us. And, you know, that's that's the most important thing is that, you know, we have a God that loved us so much he didn't send another. He came himself. And he allowed himself to be nailed to that cross for you and for me, and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, Brother Rick, you mentioned about our prayer line. That's at 405-294-2581. You can call there and you can leave uh, your prayer request there. You can also email them at posttribnetwork at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to, to pray for you. Seek him. That's all we can ask. Seek him while he may be found. It tells us to repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Everything that we're seeing going on with these wars, this violence, Jesus told us it was going to be as the days of Noah and Lot were. We're seeing homosexuality. We're seeing sexual sin just going up. We're seeing all these things that we're talking about. Let's go read Matthew 24. And ask yourself, why are we seeing all these earthquakes, this violence, all these things? That, because he told us these things are happening. You know what? I believe Jesus. Just like he told disciples that, that a few days they were going to the Holy Spirit would come upon them and told them where to go. And they did it, and it happened. Just like he told them he would, he would be raised again in three days, it happened. I believe God's word. We're seeing God's word be fulfilled. There's no reason to be in darkness. There's no reason not to know these things. There's no reason for us not to be saved. There's no reason for us to miss the resurrection because he promised us that when he comes that he's going to resurrect us. You know, there's no reason for us not to enter in his kingdom. Do not let our sins, our own stubbornness, our own ignorance lead us the wrong way. What are you searching? Are you searching religion? Are you searching for a church? What are you searching for? Are you searching for a savior? Are you searching for a father? Are you searching for a God? And you need to go to Jesus Christ because there is no other. Thank you so much for tuning in. We love you. Jesus loves you more. Talk to you next time. God bless. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.